Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On NHL. Today, we are here with your Western Conference Wednesday episode, as always. And today, we are going to be running through the storylines from each team in this conference. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On NHL Western Conference Wednesday Battle of Alberta edition. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, alongside Brett Holden from Locked On Oilers. Brett, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. It's You're starting to feel the fall, the, the, the cold now coming in, and training camps are opening up. How, what, how could I not be good? Exactly. You know, I feel like... <laughs> Um, there's just something in the air and it's nice. It's starting to feel like hockey season again and Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, I am so ready. So ready for the hockey season. Good, because I hope our listeners are ready as well. Make sure that you're subscribed to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts and we are free and available on YouTube as well. We are at the moment, seven subscribers away from 1,000. Ooh, so, let's go. If you have not already, make sure you're subscribed there as well because you're also getting free daily content and you get to see like our facial expressions and stuff. <laughs> and I think that's like the best part. <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit more personable. Exactly. <laughs> My so, voice isn't as annoying on, 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 uh, <laughs> video (laughs) (laughs) so at risk of dogging on some of your favorite teams make sure you're still subscribed after this episode because you know just in case i don't know you're petty and want to unsubscribe but don't (laughs) so i haven't had any of those recently no me neither which is nice but i feel like the storylines coming out of certain teams from I mean really this offseason heading into camp could be really interesting and might get some feathers ruffled but speaking of ruffled feathers do we (laughs) want to start with the Winnipeg Jets might as well let's get up into the air here yeah you know for me Last week, I mentioned Blake Wheeler reminding me of Ryan O'Reilly. And now they have one less thing in common. They're, they're no longer both captain. <laughs> that, that was a shot. Yeah. Well, it was like the day after we recorded. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> but now, who are they going to rely on? And who are they going to call on? for their leadership is it going to be mark shifley is it going to be pld who seemingly wants nothing to do i don't know yeah that's where i'm at too with the winnipeg jets what i have heading into training camp for the winnipeg jets is their cohesiveness just like what you said like who are they going to look to like you said mark shifley who has been vocal and not wanting to really maybe not really play for the Winnipeg Jets, but not fully committed to the Jets, especially at the end of last season where he said, oh, well, I'll have to talk and see where we're at. Well, clearly something happened that he's like, okay, maybe. But still, to be able to put it out in the press and be okay, I'm not I'm not really into this, is not fantastic. Then, like you mentioned, PLD doesn't want to be there as well. You have this whole thing before training camp of stripping your captain of the captaincy with a new regime in there. Where is it all going to fit? Who's going to fit? There's a lot of, there's a lot more questions and answers going in to the Winnipeg Jets training camp. A hundred percent. And I think that they're going to be one of the teams that uh, everyone should watch if they enjoy chaos and tire fires. I feel like we just need a reality TV show for them, but we know that would never happen unless it's framing the NHL in a good light. (laughs) I mean, 
The other thing too is is like the only stability that they have really is their goaltending with Hellebuck. That's it. That's but, it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's very interesting to kind of I don't know how to look at it, but but Harrison over at Locked On Jets has it fully covered up. <laughs> like Harrison, yeah, one of the best, absolutely. Just uh, picking apart that team can't be easy. <laughs> no, and I feel so bad for him because yeah. he's just he always has like the funniest comments when it comes into like our work group chat. Like, oh yeah. yeah. No one wants to be in Winnipeg. No one wants to live in Winnipeg. But it's just, it's so funny, and he does, he really does an excellent job. I did a crossover with him back in 2020, and just mm. a great kid. But do what you pick the next spot on the map. Let's go right up to uh, St. Louis. Well, I guess south to St. Louis. Uh, I think there are St. Louis is going to be an interesting team this year. Um, they brought in or re-signed a lot of the guys that uh, really helped them succeed in the last couple of years. I'm looking at Jordan Cairo more specifically. Um, but for me, the storyline going into training camp and for the rest of the season, really, for the St. Louis Blues is Jordan Bennington. Let's ride. Or is it Jordan Bennington's last ride? I think this might be the last time. I mean, ever since they won the Stanley Cup, Bennington's career path has gone down, down, down. Is this really the guy that the the the, the Blues are really committed to keeping on with, especially with all of the off-season or off-ice stuff that you get with Jordan Bennington? Even the on-ice stuff that you get with Jordan Bennington isn't fantastic. Could you see them move on from him at some point with the goalie market the way that it kind of is? Maybe, maybe not. But I just think that this could be a very interesting year for Jordan Bennington if he doesn't come out hot. Yeah, absolutely. And any chance I get to like dunk on Jordan Bennington is a great day <laughs> for me. But I, I could see them moving on from him. You know, I have that written down in my notes. It's are they able to compete? And it does it, and it comes back to Jordan Bennington because I think it depends on where his head is at. And then, you know, you have Scandella going out. Um, he needs hip surgery, I believe it was, and he's out for like six months. But could the Sharks be a contender for Jordan Bennington? Because he's a lot better than the goalies they have now. Yeah. Yeah, well, and but the big thing too is is then who comes in for St. Louis as their backup goaltender, or not even as their backup goaltender at that point, as your starting goaltender. Right. There's not a lot of fantastic choices, and not fantastic is maybe isn't the word because there are. I mean, Thomas Grice has been an NHLer for feels like thirty years now. Joel Holfer is a very good prospect in the St. Louis Blues organization, but is he ready? They lost Billy Huso this year, so if they were to move on from Bennington, are they in a space to be comfortable without Bennington? Maybe, maybe know. not. I don't know. That comes in training camp. It certainly does. Um, do we want to head to, I guess, west? To sure, let's go Arizona? West. Yes, let's do it to the desert. Yes. I don't think anything about their hockey will be a storyline this year. No. no matter how hard they try, I think it's going to come back to where they are playing. And... That's a shame <laughs> because, you know, these are all professional athletes. But the more that we're learning and, like, the regulations that they have to uh, put up with and whatnot, like no on-ice modifications or anything like that, uh, you know, having to split center ice logos and whatnot. But, you know, that's going to take away from from the hockey. And I think – I don't know. It's just yeah. cause, cause problems. No, 100%. I mean, the fact that, and we've talked about this before too, the fact that so many of the, the fans that are going to be going to the those games probably are going to be cheering for the other team. Yeah. And an already small arena doesn't help. 
How is that gonna? Every game is gonna be an away game for you. Like at least at the Gila River, like yes, maybe there were uh, a lot of away fans at the Gila River, but at least you had enough space where that noise is kind of scattered in a what five thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand but arena. Uh, there's nowhere else for that noise to to carry but over top of you, and and when you're going, like there's not going to be any home games for them. No. What are, what, what's happening here? How do you sit there and go, I can't play, can't wait to play in Arizona? It must feel like you're a traveling team. And there's a guy right now who's waiting to get out of Arizona. And for me, that is my training camp uh, storyline is Jacob Chikrin. When is he going to go? He's not going to stay the whole year. So when is he going to go? And then on top of it, when he does go, what do you get in return? Your defense isn't fantastic. You may be a little top-heavy if that in Arizona. But even then, is Zach Cassian going to be playing on your second line? There's just there, everything going. Yeah. Yeah. Everything going into that training camp is just, ah, man, not, not fantastic. Borderline junior hockey type. Yeah, you know, and I can only imagine how the student section will be. I just, I think of how rowdy uh, college hockey games get in the States. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. But well, Imagine getting a discount code to an NHL hockey game for like seven bucks as an ASU student. Right. <laughs> Sign me up. We used to get um, two tickets for $35 a piece yeah. to Ruins games. And they were like in the press box area level Ooh. promenade. So like it was cool. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah, it was still 70 bucks. You're not wow. getting like anything <laughs> ridiculous. But if you're paying 70 bucks for a Coyotes ticket this year, there's something wrong. Yeah, I think you're getting scammed. Yeah. Um, Robin has been doing, and Carl have been doing a fantastic job down there at Locked On uh, Coyotes, trying to pick that team apart as well, fighting every bit of adversity while doing it as well. So shout out to Robin and Carl for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And then should we do another bottom of the barrel team before we head on over to a quick break? Let's do it. All right. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. The star that I thought they were building around in Alex Debrinket ends up getting shipped off to Ottawa. And then it's seemingly the the rest of the pieces that they could have been building around. And I guess Kirby Doc, if you wanted to, um, also left. But yep. can this team win 25 games? <laughs> oh, I that is a that's a low bar, and I'm half concerned that they can't. Like genuinely, I, I, you look at this. Rob Patrick Kane's going to be gone at some point. I don't assume Jonathan Taves will be playing many yeah. games, if at all, this year. Um, no, no. <laughs> I mean your best your best player outside of Patrick Kane is who Max Domi. I, I mean, bad. It is, it is, and and you take a look at uh, Tyler Johnson's decent, but you go there and and there is just nothing, nothing. It is a barren waste. I would prefer the Arizona Coyotes roster over the Chicago Blackhawks roster. It, it is so bad, and that, that is why so my it, it genuinely, it, you look at it and you go, this is. A uh, half of it is a, a WHL hockey team, and the other half of it is about thirty-seven years old. And you go, "What is happening?" Um, what uh, where I am at is, which kids make it? There's there are tons of spots to be had to be won in uh, uh, Chicago. So many kids have the opportunity here to be able to to make a spot. I mean. Even on the back end, <laughs> excuse me, take a look at Nolan Allen, Kevin Korchinski, who is their draft pick this year in the first round. Fantastic offensive skills. Could he impress somebody in the higher ups, in the coaching staff to go, okay, maybe we'll give you even seven games, nine games, give you the, that little buffer in between. And then we'll send you back to a stacked Seattle Thunderbirds team. They have players all over the place that really could even, 
I mentioned the fact that, well, you mentioned Kirby Doc is gone, but I mentioned a couple weeks ago that now that Kirby Doc is gone, they still have Colton Doc, Kirby's brother in the organization. Is he going to stay? Will he play there? There's there's even uh, stuff bubbling under the surface with the prospects for the Blackhawks. That's not good. That's never a good sign. That's That's not good at all. No. I am very concerned about the Blackhawks. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and Jack is our uh, Chicago Blackhawks host, who I've had the pleasure of chatting with. And he's a great guy and very, very knowledgeable on the team. So I definitely recommend um, checking out his show for all of the chaos that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, chaos is the right word. Chaos is certainly the right word. Um, We shall move on to the rest of the Central Division in just a second. But first, I want to tell you all about our partners over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, and podcasts for this year's NFL and NCAA football seasons. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including NBA, MLB, NHL. Obviously, you gotta have the NHL in there. You can even bet on sports like uh, Turkish League Soccer, I'm sure, is on there at some point. I, I mean, I would throw uh, a bet on Galatasaray, I'm sure. Uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jess, let's uh, let's go to the polar opposite of the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's go to the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. What do you think is their storyline heading into training camp this year? Well, if this was yesterday, I would have said McKinnon's contract, but that a whopping $12.6 million a year. And then it was something like $85 million in sign-on bonuses. Must be nice. Uh, that's a whole, whole <laughs> lot of chickpea pasta, a whole lot of carbless uh, everything. My friend texted me and was like, Nathan McKinnon is going to throw $13 million into the keto diet industry. <laughs> and I was like, Please. Oh, my God. But I would have to say, can, well, not repeat, but can they still hang with the contenders? Because, you know, it is hard to have that long of a season, obviously have a shortened off season, mixed in with your partying and day-to-day activities. But are they going to be able to still hang there? You know, will they still be a playoff team um, with the losses and additions that they've made this offseason? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, you lose Nazem Kadri, who is one of your biggest contributors to the team, and you also lose your starting goaltender in Darcy Kemper. And that's where my question for, or the storyline, I guess, for the Colorado Avalanche becomes. Is Pavel Francouz better than Darcy Kemper? Can he hold his own? Yes, you saw what he could do in the playoffs in that, uh, in almost a, 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 I don't almost want to call it a backup role, but it wasn't necessarily either a 1B role either. That that crease was always going to be Kemper's, and you saw whenever he tried to come back from that eye injury, Kemper got the call. But now it's Francouz's crease. Is he good enough for for that spot for a contending team for an entire year? Yes, you also brought in Alexander Georgiev, who is a very, very good goaltender. But is he the guy? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think that that's such an interesting situation to look at because I feel like just a few years ago, we were looking at Colorado and questioning their goaltending uh, tandem and wondering, you know, is this what they need to mm-hmm. 
take it to the next level. And no disrespect to Darcy Kemper, but I would never peg him as a 1A guy. I would never be like, this is my starting goaltender. I feel like they won the Stanley Cup with two backups, and that's impressive. So you'll have, we'll have to see where that goes. Um, the guys over at Locked on Avalanche are some of the most passionate hosts. Oh. Um, I love them. I love seeing their posts and just I – I think only one of them lives in market, if either of them even live in market. But incredible stuff, and you know you can count on them for your uh, reigning Stanley Cup champion coverage. Chris and Kyle are the best. The shake of on doom. Kyle yes. goes. Oh, the goat. The goat. Yes. No, absolutely. Locked on. And I also had a, a quick experience with them last year with the Oilers and the, the avalanche as well. Oh, my goodness. What a time you sit there. And it, it's like it's genuinely like having a conversation with people you've known your entire life. That is the type of feeling that locked on abs gives you. And th- those are your reigning Stanley Cup champions. I'm curious to hear what they think about the goaltending situation. Speaking of goaltenders, let's head to Dallas, as Dallas seems to have the goaltender maybe of the future, or uh, whether that's within the organization or for the league as well. Jess, is that where your storyline is, or am I out to lunch? Am I the only one who's looking at the crease here? No, see, I... I agree with you 150%, but I'm going to say, can this team stay healthy? Mm. I think that that's my biggest kind of red flag when it comes to Dallas, because you have aging core members, Joe Pavelski, Tyler Sagan, uh, Jamie Ben, Jamie Ben. I almost said Ben Bishop, but that's <laughs> now different situation. Um, can those three stay healthy on top of everyone else? You lost Klingberg. Mm-hmm. Your owner admitted that he doesn't like signing people. <laughs> well, your best player is a young guy that you're saying you won't sign. <laughs> right. Like, I just, your young players are being exploited. Yeah. Um, can yeah. this team stay healthy and be able to perform in front of the one and only? Jake yeah and and that's where i'm at it is see and i 100 percent agree because the amount of times where you're going into a dallas stars team and you see oh they're missing this guy they're missing yeah. this guy this that and the other thing yes they just acquired a uh, nil sunquist as well for a first round pick which is absolutely uh, shocking um but a lot, I heard even Ross and, and Michael talking about it yesterday on uh, uh, Locked On NHL um, about Sunquist being in a similar position that Klingberg was in when he was coming into the NHL. Will that figure itself out? We'll see. That's a wait and see type thing. For me, it is in the crease. And is Jake Ottinger the guy we think he is? I, we the amount of flash in the pan goaltenders we've seen throughout the last couple of years uh, have been you can't even count them on on two hands. Hopefully, Jake Ottinger isn't that guy uh, growing up or not growing up, but coming into the next year and into his career. But it, it's only a time will tell type thing. This is the first full season where he is technically or, or considered the guy. So now it's time for him to go out there and show why he he was the guy in playoffs and against the the, the Calgary Flames. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, hopefully there won't be any more of that Russian voodoo on um, on him. That was hysterical. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I think that that is just I don't know. I'm really rooting for Ottinger. He's mm-hmm. a Boston University kid who just is. Just you can't hate him. He's a good, no. he's a good egg, yeah. but do we stick to the South and stay with the predators? Might as well. Might as well. We only have two more teams left here in the central and then we're off to the Pacific, but let's talk about the Preds. Offense. Where are now? Mm-hmm. I yep. just, we've talked about it before on this show and just, they don't have really any scoring, like their forward lines. I mean, of course you have Philip Philip Forsberg 
and Matt Duchesne, but where else is the offense? And do not tell me, oh, Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi cannot carry this team. He's yeah. not made for that. Mm-hmm. He's a natural-born leader, absolutely, but that doesn't come with only being able to produce points. And I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. That's where mine is, too. Where is the offensive output coming from other than Philip Forsberg? You mentioned Matt Duchesne as well. That's fantastic. But then who? Tanner Janot is a great hockey player. I love Tanner Janot, but he's not a goal scorer. He's not a, a point producer. He can with uh, the way that he puts himself into open areas and creates open ice for himself and gets into positions where he is able to put the puck into the net or contribute offensively as well. But he's not uh, a, a, a point producer. He's not that guy. After that is Michael Granlund, really an older guy. He's 30 years old now. Is he really going to be a, a guy that the Nashville Predators can lean, lean on? Ryan Johansson, an obvious favorite as well, but even then, a two-way guy in that as well. After that, Cody Glass, another fantastic hockey player, but a two-way guy. And the, we, as you've mentioned, we've mentioned it on this show as well, they have always been a, a team who has committed themselves to being a full 200 foot team that that's always been the type of players that they brought in the David Lagwans, all those type uh, types of players, but they never really produce offensively. And you see, I mean, David Poyle is still, still at the helm for the Nashville predators. And I don't see anything I changing. Heard change. for real, for real. He's been there since he came, they came into the league. Right. It's time. And that's a long time for a general manager. Mm-hmm. Way too and long. You can't fire yourself. So someone else is going to have to do it. But Sometimes I sit there and wonder if I can, though. Sometimes yeah. I do. Sit there I'm like, and... okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, uh, the last team in the Central, and honestly, one of my favorite teams to watch over the last year, which is weird because growing up, the Minnesota Wild as an Oilers fan is just one of those teams where you're like, mm, you're playing the Wild, but the Wild just throughout, throughout last season, throughout their lineup, have exciting, exciting players, and that's why my storyline is, can Krill still be the thrill? That's fair. I I really like that. I think that it's mine is them having an identity because Ooh. I don't know if this team knows how good they are, and I don't mm. know if they like. There was a point last year, and it was right before the All Star break. Uh, the former host Sarah and I were looking and doing some show planning, and we were like, wait. The Wilder at the top of their division, I had no idea they were, like, that good. And she's like, I don't think they know that they're that good. So I think that it's going to be a situation where they don't – where they need a true voice in the room and someone to kind of say, look at the talent we have on this team. Look who we have in between the pipes for us this season. Go big or go home. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm really behind the do they know how good they are, especially up front. I mean, Matthew Boldy came in last year and just took the league by storm. Yep. He looked ready to play in the NHL. I mean, Joel Erickson Eck took another massive step last year. I think he's basically a Ryan Nugent Hopkins 2.0 type player. Uh, I mean, Jordan Greenway's coming into his own. Tyson Jost was sent over there, a guy who's familiar with that Minnesota area and has really excelled as well. Sam Steele is going to be a new player in there. Nice new regime for him. He's a good hockey player. We'll see how well they can start to integrate him. They have a lot of guys. That's just up front. And Matt Zuccarello as well. They have a ton of very good guys. And then we haven't even gotten to potentially the uh, other team that really contends the Calgary flames for the best defensive core in the league. And that's the Minnesota wild Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba, Alex Goligoski threw an absolute wild shot, an absolute strike for the Minnesota twins for first pitch recently, John Merrill, Jacob Middleton, Jared Spurgeon, the last name that I bring up there, their captain, 
fantastic hockey players, fantastic defensemen, they might be the 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 mint or the 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 dime of the West here. They are a fantastic hockey team. Yeah, and I think it again comes back to them realizing how good they are and kind of putting their full belief into it and buying in on themselves. Totally. Shout out to Seth as well at Locked On Wild. One of the the best personalities. Seth is the best. Seth is the best. (laughs) Uh, Yes, make sure you tune into Locked On Wild for Seth as well. And I mean, break down one of the best teams in the league today. Absolutely. And then coming up next, we are going to wrap up the show with some Pacific Division content and, you know, the storylines for this year's um, the best team in the West. Brett, where do you we're right? Start? Yeah, we're right here. The best team in the West is right here. But uh, should we start with the best team in the West? I think we should. Well, sure, why not? We'll start with the best team in the West. That's the Edmonton Oilers. Um, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, <laughs> I know, I understand, I understand. I, you know what? For a long time, I was like, why could you hate the Oilers after some movement recently? I understand, but where I'm going to start with the Edmonton Oilers and where I think the Edmonton Oilers, where you should really watch the Edmonton Oilers. Is yes a player? Yes, you have all these. The can they stop the puck? Can they are their defense good enough? Really, I think it starts and not necessarily ends, but it starts with yes a player. You saw the the PTOs that they have given out recently, and the guy that they brought in is supposedly supposed to be lighting a fire under Puliyarvi's butt to say, you know what, if you're not going to produce the way that we think you want to or the way that we want you to, well, this kid who has drawn a lot of negative attention will take your spot or has the opportunity to take your spot. Also, for some reason, that kid has five goals in 36 games the last time that he played. And then his team over in the KHL had a better time with him not on the ice than they did with him on the ice, a 0.43 goals for percentage with him on the ice and a 58% with him on the ice. But that's uh, uh, never mind there. Yes, a play will really drive the bottom six of the Edmonton Oilers in some way there, whether that is a positive way or a negative way at the same time. If he doesn't make the team, then he's the one who's going to be traded. If he does really force the hand of the Edmonton Oilers, then you have to look at the Warren Fogles who have to get moved, this, that, and the other thing, because they still have to to give a contract to Ryan McLeod as well, who, happy birthday to Ryan McLeod. Hopefully you can get your contract today. Starts and ends with Yessa Pugliarvi. Yeah, you know, um, that's what I have as well. I think that on my end, though, it was more of a watch for him to be traded situation Mm. because I can't imagine that he's too happy uh, with who they're bringing in to kind of fire him up. I would think that you don't believe in me. You, You want this joke of a player to come in and light a fire underneath me. No, I'm going to light a fire under you to have me traded by the end of camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, I mean, uh, let's also not forget that uh, the player that they brought in, apparently a lot of Edmonton Oilers fans were fans of before he, he signed with the Edmonton Oilers. I, every He's time always that he played, sucked at hockey. Yeah, you know what? Every time that he played against the Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton Oilers fans certainly had a lot to say about him negatively on Twitter, but all of a sudden, oh, let's give him a chance. But hey, that's neither here nor there. We have a very happy Finn who smiles all the time that Edmonton just loves to send out of town but hey either way would we take the nice guys apparently not in alberta we want the bad guys speaking of alberta speaking of the bad guys let's head down to calgary where do you think the storyline is in calgary right now do they name a captain i think Ah. that you know i think that it's a little easier for me to go with that than some of maybe the bigger issues but um you know, they're one of two teams now without a captain. And I just, um, 
I have a whole episode about it because it's very interesting to me who they could name and why haven't they named one yet? Yeah, that's a that's a good well, I think because <laughs> the guy who's gonna get to see both of them were moved in the offseason. So uh, <laughs> a little bit yeah. of a reason. Configuration there. Don't I don't know if you ever heard of those two, but uh, yeah, no. For me, it, it goes along with that almost. Is uh, how do the new guys fit? Because you do have a relatively old regime in Daryl Sutter. Now you, you guys still don't have a captain. So then, who do the new guys look at for or look to for a, a, a comfortability for for this, that, or the other thing? At the same time. Those new guys are world-class talents. So how well do they fit? Is it a system that they can fit? Huberto, this is Huberto's first move in the NHL for uh, uh, Nazem Kadri. He's moved around now a couple times, technically. But he, it's not his first regime. So how do the new guys fit on their new team? Plus, of course, Mackenzie Weger on the back end of a very good back end as well. But like you said, who's the leader back there? Is Uyghur the leader back there? Yes, you have Chris Tanev. Is he the captain? Is he the, like, where, where, yeah. where's the direction? Exactly. I don't think there is any right now. Well, there uh, is. There yeah. is. But I don't uh, think it's, I don't know. Like, I, you, I don't know. You have to with the best coach in the last Ever, potentially. I mean, I, I'm a big Daryl Sutter fan, so that's the thing. I mean, yes, I, I, I sit there and go, oh, where are the issues for Calgary? You not necessarily have to come up with one, but you have to sit there and go, oh, okay, there is this issue, but you have the best coach ever to, right. to, to mend those over. Yeah, and we love Daryl Sutter. <laughs> I think he's pretty neat. Yeah, but we, we stand Daryl even in Edmonton. <laughs> I love it. He's just a farm boy. He's yeah. just yeah. wild. But let's stick with, I guess, the the good here. Um, okay. The Kings, who happen to be on your hat as well. Yes. If you're watching on YouTube, which you absolutely should, so we can hit 1,000 subscribers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> do they show up? the way that they showed up last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that's that's the big thing too is is how much and that also goes hand in hand with uh, my storyline is is what have they learned? So, uh, do they do what they did last year and how do they apply with what they learned last year to go forward? They're a young team. Yes, Drew Doughty is going to be joining them once again. But how long does that stand? Yes, you got Kevin Fiala, fantastic hockey player, great hockey player, great at. How does he add to the team? You just re-signed Mikey Anderson, Sean Dursey as well. Sean Dursey is going to be the future of that defense. How? What did he learn? How do you provide that? How do you move forward with everything? Big stepping stone last year. Now it's a matter of how you get that next foot to take that next step. A hundred percent. And I think that they're in a, in a very interesting situation because no one expected them to make the playoffs last year and especially to take Edmonton to seven. So, yeah. you know, they got their, they got their feet a little bit more than wet. And I say, you no, know, like you said, what do they apply yep. from last yeah. year to this year? And I mean, at the same time, yes, they went seven, but they went seven with a a very good hockey team. If uh, as we were joking around here, the the team to beat in the West, but also at the same time, a very difficult uh, atmosphere to play in in playoffs in a game seven in Edmonton as a young team who's playing relatively in their first playoffs. They held their own pretty well. And if it wasn't for that 97 guy, if you ever heard of him, it might have gone a different way as well. Um, let's stay within the state of California. I almost said the province of California. I wish it was a province sometimes. Uh, but let's stay within the state of California. Let's move a little bit. I believe Anaheim is south. So let's go a little bit south from uh, Los Angeles to Anaheim, Orange County, as some may even call it. What are you looking for from the Orange County Ducks? 
are the youth ready? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of praise, um, not even from the, not even the coaching. I'm talking about just the players on the ice because the, we know that Dallas Egan does not like to play the youth, so we just ignore him. But I do think that there are a plethora of players who definitely um, just make up a very talented roster. Mm-hmm. And are they ready? Now, I'm not. This is a situation where I don't think, like, I can praise a team, right? And because the West and the Pacific is less competitive, um, I don't want people to think, oh, I'm calling them a playoff team. I'm not. I'm just saying, are they ready to take that next step, which is maybe having a winning record? Yeah. No, 100%. I I 100% agree. I mean, look at the young guys they have on that team, the young guys that they can pump out there, the the Trevor Zegras, the Mason McTavish now this year, uh, Jamie uh, Drysdale as well. Olin Zellweger might be an outside shot to make the team too. There are a lot of very fun players, young players coming out of Anaheim. And that's why for me, my storyline is to see how the chemistry between Trevor Zegras and Mason McTavish is. I think from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like the, the closest companion for Trevor Zegras last season was Sonny Milano, and now Sonny Milano is, well, not there. He's in Calgary right now for PTO. So now you bring in somebody who's similar in age, similar in, in, in mindset, in the way, skill set as well, this could be a very exciting one-two punch between Trevor Zegras and Mason McTavish. Can they build their relationship early throughout training camp so we can see one of the uh, most dominant, most exciting two-duo, dynamic duo in the NHL? That is, uh, for me, the Anaheim Ducks could be one of the most exciting teams in the NHL. A hundred percent. And I think watching um, McTavish in Worlds uh, or at Worlds, this past summer was very uh, it. If that's what you were getting out of him in Anaheim, I think Anaheim fans should be ecstatic and should be just over the moon. But um, do we, let's see. We have four more teams here, four more teams. I think uh, one of them, we have a a very similar one there. Let's stay in uh, the state of California really quick, and then we'll move through, uh, I guess, kind of the Pacific there. I guess we're all in the Pacific, but uh, (laughs) let's, let's... Let's move north. Let's go to San Jose. Uh, and it's uh, whoa, not fantastic. Outside of the teal jerseys, what's good? Like, what, what's good for you guys? Because I don't, I am having such a difficult time finding something positive to say about their on-ice presence. And I hate that because JD is such a great host of Locked on Sharks. And I love how realistic he is. But I think that there, you know, William Eklund has a chance to come up and really make the team uh, this season and hopefully turn a page because that's, that's all you have going for you. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's for me too. The new regime, what does the new regime look like? How will they respond? How will they over the next couple of years really hammer in their philosophy? But that's not going to happen this year. So for me, now is the the first steps of the new regime and whether that's going to be positive or negative, we shall see, but it's not going to be uh, an overnight thing uh, in the slightest in San Jose. Um Let's move up, as you mentioned as well, Locked On Shark. Yes, they do have an abysmal hockey team. I'm sorry for putting it like that, JD. But JD is, one uh, again, just the cream of the crop at Locked On here. So uh, make sure you tune in. Again, bad team. Yeah. Best host. (laughs) I was going to say, if you watch the hockey team and you're a fan of them or, like, you're just interested in learning more – JD is the 180 of what that is. What the hockey <laughs> is. He's just so good. And he's a pleasure to chat with. He's so knowledgeable. Like, I'm shocked that hockey, anything, isn't his full-time job because he just knows so much. Yeah. But do we move east or north? Well, 
let's go north. Let's come back to Canada really quick okay. because I think the last two teams here, we have the exact same thing. Let's go to the north to the Vancouver Canucks here. And for me, it's the bottom six of their forwards and their defense. They have Thatcher Dem- Demko as their goaltender, fantastic goaltender. They really, I mean, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, they added Andre Kuzmenko, they added Ilya uh, um um, Mikheyev as well. There okay. we go. I almost said Yevseyev, who was an Edmonton Oilers draft pick this year. Um, yes, yeah, so they have a, a lot of a very good top end talent, obviously, as well. Uh, uh, Quinn Hughes, too. But then it becomes a matter of the supporting role for me. I think Vancouver, if they can figure it out, can be one of those dark horse teams that can really, really run amok somewhere. But they need to figure out their defense and their characters. Absolutely. And I know somewhere in a faraway land, Robin Sherbotsky is so happy with her Vancouver Canucks and the page that has been turned in, you know, I just, I hope she's doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much what I have for the Canucks as well. I think that they do have the possibility of really being that underdog team, the dark horse. Uh, and we saw a little bit of that last year too. If they had another two weeks, they yeah. could have pushed into the playoffs. And that's how it was the year before too, with the shortened season, but they had all come down with this variant that just took their whole team out and unfortunately cost them yeah. a postseason run, but that's okay because here we are in the present and things are looking a little bit brighter. I forgot about that, but in Bruce, we trust. It, yes. Let's, let's go a little bit down the Pacific coast here as uh, uh, the Seattle Kraken. I think we both have, maybe not, maybe not. We might not here, but uh, for the Seattle Kraken, I'll break the ice here because I want to see if you do have the same thing. For me, I mean, they had a legend, wait for it, Gary, Gary. fourth (laughs) overall pick this year in Shane Wright. And now their top two centers are Matty Beneers, a second overall pick from last year, and Shane Wright, the guy who a lot of people had at number one this year. That is a very deadly one-two punch, especially down the road. That is where I'm, I'm keeping my eye on. Can Shane Wright make the NHL this year? Because it seems like there may be a lot of guys this year, if not at all, anybody playing in the NHL from this year's draft. Can Shane Wright be the one guy this year? And will he contribute along with Matty Beneers? That's what I'm excited to watch this year. Yeah, I have pretty much the same thing. And if there was a better team to get drafted to, um, you know, I'm not so sure he would have been making the NHL this year. I think yeah. the Kraken will be putting him to great use. And I, it's I'm excited to watch it. And I don't think that after their inaugural season, Kraken fans really had much to look forward to. Kraken fans, let's ride. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Kraken country, let's ride. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Country, country, that's what it is. Oh, my God. But I'm going to assume we have the same thing for Vegas. Yep, we did. Jack Eichel. That's that's it. That's the storyline. All right, show's over. There you go, guys. Happy Wednesday. Please have a great Wednesday. Stay safe. No, yeah, no, 100%. Jack yeah. Eichel, uh, just really quickly, 12% of the their salary cap there. Uh, and uh, yeah. the injuries, There's, I mean, you can also talk about the goaltending as well. But, I mean, Jack Eichel just needs to be the guy that everybody expects him to be. Yeah, and, you know, that is a lot of pressure. Um, and I also think this is also just my, like, anti-Jack Eichel agenda here. But I think it's very weird that he crashed on Taylor Hall's, like, at his apartment in Boston this summer instead of going to see his family, which live five minutes outside of Boston. But anyways, um, yeah, I think Jack Eichel just needs to um, come back healthy and be Mm -hmm. the Jack Eichel that everyone expected him to be Mm -hmm. out of the gate when he was drafted. 
hundred percent. Just want to give a couple of quick shout outs. Cause we did gloss over uh, one of uh, the best people in locked on uh, in general, Erica, who runs uh, locked on Kraken over there. Just, uh, I mean, with the team that they have there, the, the positivity that Erica has is infectious, but also with the Vegas golden Knights, if uh, you need some sort of, uh, pick me up from the Jack Eichel. Tony over there at uh, Locked On Golden Knights is really good as well. Just, I mean, we we trash the Vegas Golden Knights. I think we have a saying about the Golden Knights. But uh, uh, if we do say one nice thing, it has to be about Tony. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, Tony's another great host. Um, we have a lot of, I mean, all of our hosts are talented. And just some of the best of the best. But there's just... I don't know. I'm, I'm a sucker for Pacific Division hosts because I <laughs> talk to the most, and that's me as well as Brett. But, you know, I think that it's a great group. And if you're interested in following along, um, like I know some people have an Eastern and a Western team. Um, so come hang out with us if you already have someone on the East because we're <laughs> we're all pretty neat, I would say. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty vibey. <laughs> we're pretty vibey over here. Alrighty, let's call it there. Fantastic show today. Thank you so much, Jess. Where can the follower, where can the people follow you at? Yes. So you can find me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto, and you can find Locked On Flames at LO underscore Flames Pod, as well as anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. And remember to subscribe to Locked On Flames on YouTube as well. Brett? Yes. I know I have your handle messed up on here. I'm sorry. I meant to fix it. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. That's all right. My handle today, or today apparently, is this. But no, my my handle on everything is the real Holden. 40 on everything exactly how it sounds but you don't care about me you care about the hockey and you care about the oilers as they're opening up training camp today my phone is blowing up with a whole bunch of news so uh after this make sure you head on to locked on oilers on youtube and also on twitter as well it's exactly how it sounds there and wherever you find your podcast locked on oilers yes thank you everyone for hanging out with us today and next week we will be back, and hockey will also be fully back. Yes! <laughs>